Welcome to Coached Soul, a podcast for a better you. Your host, Steve Hudgens, is a licensed professional counselor, and your co-host, Julia Canton, is a therapeutic coach. Together, they discuss various topics, providing a different perspective on life and insight that you are not alone. On a non-emergency basis, you may contact them at area code 918-280-8690 or coachsoul.com to provide them with new topics, feedback, or to request an appearance on the show. And now, here's your host, Steve Hudgens. It just seems like this week, Sesame Street has appeared and we're talking about stability and chaos and i don't know if it's in the drinking water or tulsa or not but it just seems like things are not <laughs> stable and it's not a full moon julia i swear my brain thinks it is steve okay <laughs> i think that uh the cosmos has a little bit backwards okay <laughs> There must be something because I I don't know. It just it's an a constant theme this week with couples just agitated. And I kid you not, when I'm sitting in my office and I'm getting a phone call after phone call. I had to turn away 10 people in one day because I'm booked solid. So I know there's something in the drinking water where people want the ability to be able to have stability in their relationships and is stability possible or is there a need for chaos? Well, I think that's a great question. I want to preface my responses to all of our audience that my brain and body is in the middle of a week long battle with chaos. In fact, it's it's I'm in what I call the fight mode. I want to I'm just almost waiting for someone to want to argue with me, you know, so I can defend my my position, you know, kind of thing. So it's very, very interesting because I'm seeing it throughout society. Um, so to answer your question in a very calm and logical space is that one, I think stability is possible, but in the way that we frame it more often than not, that it comes with an expectation that there is a sense of safety and security in stability. We need to X that out because I believe that chaos is actually imperative to our growth and challenge. Um, it challenges our, our system to to increase, to improve upon. And it's just that as I, you and I have discussed, it really is that many of us don't know how to maneuver through chaos and how to use it for our benefits versus freaking out over it or wanting to fall into the categories of battling, you know, with those that are also in that um, contradictory chaotic mode of, you know, I, I don't know what word I want to use there, audience, but there you go. I'm just like, I got, if you could see me, I've got my fist out and I'm like, I need some boxing gloves on right now. <laughs> and I was warned that I'm getting in a boxing ring with you today. <laughs> and so... Yeah, this might turn out chaotic today for our audience. You know, I okay, think guys. you're right about how we frame 
uh, things because when I think about relationships, some of us pick partners who help us to stay within our comfort zone, even if that zone turns out not to be all that desirable. Right. You know, because when I think about it, people seek what's familiar. And if our past is filled with feelings of rejection or an inadequacy, we're drawn to scenarios in which we feel the same way as adults. What do you what yeah. do you think of that about that? Well, I it is absolutely 100% true. <laughs> it's it actually falls into the the last two podcasts that we did and when we were discussing attachment styles and love languages and love, you know, ro romantic attachments and things along those lines. We are typically attracted to the mates, okay, and friendships. So even in society, it's not just our intimate relationships. It's also with the people that we pull into our inner, inner circle that will tend to support the inner dialogue of the injured child. And, and so we will be uh, not only attracted to but also attract to, to us, okay, individuals that fulfill those roles that were not met by mom and dad, lovingly as they attempted or not <laughs> to try to provide a secure environment. Um, they did and doing the best that they possibly could, because I always want to give uh, the vote that we give best intention. Um, you know, they did what they knew to do or what they could do at the time. Um, they kind of messed up a lot of our lives and um, because they, they didn't know what they didn't know. And so we were oftentimes, and I say we because I happen to be, as you know, Steve, one of those individuals that had a very traumatic childhood mm -hmm. and um, and then first marriage. And it just it just kind of toppled, uh, toppled from there. Um, but it is, we, we, unless we do a lot of inner work, we are, and I do mean a lot, um, it, we tend to, uh, to be attracted to, and those individuals that are going to fulfill those roles and it is not their responsibility. In fact, I, I know we're going to be doing a podcast, uh, next on codependency. So I want to make sure that I don't put too much here. Um, because codependency in and of itself, even though we're touching on it here, is its own baby. It's, it's you know, so it's a little topic. Well, what, what's interesting is we get into relationships and I hear most of the time from people that I talk to that how come I didn't see this before? And what's interesting is that once a relationship begins to have some stable ground and they go for weeks without any argument or bickering, what happens to the traumatic brain, it begins to do a toilet bowl swirl. Your mind just goes around and around with thoughts of, well, there must be something bad about this. Where's the shoe going to drop? This doesn't feel right. And so we can develop all sorts of things in order to find an issue. Well, and I, and I, and I do 100% agree with you on that, but I think that we also have to touch on the fact that in the beginning, there is so much 
beautiful chemistry that's going on in the brain that is induced by this connection, that it does gloss over um, our ability to see things that are wrong, okay? And we want, we want with all the desperation in us, okay, um, to make this relationship work. So we are, our brain in a, in a mode of trying to survive is actually choosing to be blind to what's there. So it's not just, hey, you've been in this great, wonderful relationship and now, boom, all these bad things are happening. How could I not see it? It was there. You just could not see it because your brain is operating on a different frequency of existence okay and and it's it's just gonna it's trying to do everything it can to patch in where the holes exist so i think it's a kind of a 50 50 thing i just had to interject on that one well if you if you want to get technical about it what we're talking about is the dopamine yep <laughs> you know what <laughs> and when you think about dopamine that's what I like about the name dopamine. <laughs> For some reason, these romantic feelings makes you a dope because you <laughs> don't oh, see, yeah. right? And so there's multiple areas of the brain that are flooded with dopamine and it's triggering those euphoric um, feelings. And so it becomes responsible for the bodily changes associated with attraction. And it's necessary, guys. Yes. I mean, it, 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 I, there is, if you want to have, and I, and I preface that um, with that there, we want some kind of attraction to an individual, ideally. We just don't want it so high that it is the only focus, okay? Um, and it becomes a, literally a dependency on the chemicals in the brain, to um to make that relationship work in fact i cannot tell you when i was in the dating world i this was one of the funniest statements i would see you knew i was going to go there steve i can tell by your face over here okay is that the guys would go well if there's no chemistry then or and even the girl or even the women <laughs> if there's no chemistry then i'm yep. just not interested and i'm sitting there going if there is chemistry i'm a little bit concerned because what are you going to build on when it starts going away. I'm glad you brought that up because I I matched with somebody on eHarmony and we met, mm -hmm. had a great conversation, great interaction. She says, you're a great catch. There's a lot of great things about you, but <laughs> you know, butt. I tell people all the time, watch your butt. It's like farting. You pass the gas and it stinks up everything prior. So I tell my clients, be careful scene, the You just heard it. <laughs> <laughs> but there's no chemistry. I don't have chemistry. And I'm like, I didn't realize I was in high school anymore. You know, I'm in my early 50s and I'm like, holy cow. You're, you're telling me there's no chemistry. But yet I have everything, the dynamics of a man that you're looking for. And so when you think about when the dopamine wears off, that person may no longer be interested in that partner. Correct. And Correct. so we have to look if they at- have, If they have unhealthy uh, dialogues going on in their brain, okay? Because what are they going to be looking for at that point in time? Right. 
everything that's wrong. And so they begin to sabotage and create the cycle of chaos. So there go you ahead. go. So, so it becomes sometimes an excitement in order to have fighting. Yes. Because yes. you're not bored anymore. And you're trying to find that happiness in a in a gray area zone of your daily life. That's correct. And when it's not, there has to be drama. And uh, so it's being aware of where you are in the relationship. There's going to be times that we're not going to be interested. There's going to be times that we don't feel like we're going to be loved. And... It's what need is not being met. It could be chemical induced. It could be weather. It could be food. There's so many different things that causes a discord in a relationship. Well, and one, go I, ahead. I just get excited about the, these topics. You know, I do. Um, is that we have to understand that that is that it is not our partner's. Uh, responsibility to meet our individual needs mm -hmm. and we can go into that in the next podcast but it, it again it is not their responsibility um, when two healthy people come together um, each one has met their basic needs and so it begins to be a we want to be together we don't have to be together right um, and um, and so Again, that cycle of of there when an when an individual is in a relationship with somebody that is just based on chemistry, you can't help but understand but see that what ends up happening is that they almost have to create that chaos in order to survive because the stillness, the quiet, the um um oh my gosh, what's that s word? that we were looking at a while ago. Um, stability. Stability. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That big OS. Okay. Looks unsafe to them. It is it. There's nothing about it that makes them go, Oh, I feel so warm and fuzzy because there's nothing going on that I, that I need to keep uh, fighting that I, for them, the, the, the pause is threatening, I think is a way to look at that. You know, I agree. The pause is a threat because when you have chaos, especially if you're growing up and your parents are yelling or there's a silent treatment and you get that in the relationship, it's unsettling. It's like fingers to the chalkboard to them. And so their thoughts and ideas uh, are going there. And, and so it's how do I reduce these feelings you know, a lot of people say, well, I want that strong emotional reaction. And sometimes it feels good to fight with my partner because I feel all of a sudden that focus is on me and me only. And then my ego is satisfied, but mm -hmm. my partner is getting hurt over and over again. Yeah. So it's, when I think about dating, I, I'm probably the oddball because I want to get to know you first. Well, I'm not about, <laughs> well, it should be. <laughs> I don't know. 
you know, it's, it's taking that time to get to know that yeah. person because I want to know, can we communicate effectively? I may ask a question so that I know where you're coming from. And I don't want to blame chaos all on childhood either, because you can have a healthy growing up, get connected to a partner, and all of a sudden you realize there's chaos. And when you have domestic violence situations, that creates a uh, conditioned response. So if she moves into another relationship, if that stability is there, that chaos begins because he's not acting the way I'm expecting him to respond as in my last relationship. You were going to go say something. Yes, I was because I, I slightly disagree on that. Okay. And, and the reason why, and I will give it slightly here, is that I understand conditioned responses, but what I think needs to be mentioned that even if you were raised in a what is considered a stable, safe, um, loving, supportive uh, childhood. OK, so you have that foundational family that is more ideal than than what um, I think the majority of families are, um, is that even if you had that. When you go into a relationship, if you were not given the tools, okay, on how to identify unhealthy relationships, if you were taught to, um, for instance, kind of trust blindly, okay, that this, you know, and to um, not necessarily to, let's see, how do I want to put this, is I think that, that what ends up happening uh, in those situations, let's say you've got a stable person, uh, I'm just going to use male, female here, a stable female that uh, goes into a relationship with an unstable male, okay, so one is that the one has not experienced a lot of chaos in their life, and the other one has had extreme chaos, that there is a reason why that, that attraction even occurred in the first place. Mm -hmm. There is something that either one didn't know or one is very aware that's gone on and they're wanting to take advantage of. And, and I tend to think that, you know, when you've got a chaotic male in this particular example, you're going to have more narcissistic behaviors. You're going to have more abusive behaviors that are uh, potentially physical, okay, ver uh, versus just verbal and more mental um, and then you got this other individual over here that just ha has not used to seeing that at all. Well, maybe what she saw was a little bit in her father, for instance, that was a little bit more of a powerful, typical male. Okay. And, and she thought that this new lover of hers or this spouse of hers was going to be um, like her dad. And it turns out he's nothing like that, but that initial attraction occurred because of either something that she grew up with or something that uh, or maybe it's just exciting because she doesn't know what to expect. Maybe she is an adventurous personality and goes, oh, my gosh, there's something about this person. And, ooh, I, I want to check this out. So I, I and, and the reason why I bring that up is that at the end of the day, and this is going to sound like victim blaming, it is not victim blaming. This is taking personal responsibility of ourselves in adult life is that we are still at the end of the day responsible for ourselves. And so I, I agree I, with you. And and what 
you're kind of describing is what I call a hidden landmine. Yes, yes. You yes, know, yes, it's these course. triggers that we don't realize that have subsided within us because our mind, for some reason, just stores it in the back and doesn't recall it until we get triggered. And some people get mad and they don't know why. So the way I describe it, it's like a porcupine quill. It goes in and it's a barb on the end and it's hard to pull out. But let's say that porcupine quill gets broken off and somebody reaches up to you and touches your shoulder. You say, ow, you hurt me. Well, yes and no. I didn't intentionally hurt you. It's that quill that was already there that you forgot about. And then we get into the fights back and forth because that projection of you hurt me, but we're not getting into the reasons what's caused that hurt. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. So in therapy, I like to draw out in couples therapy, you know, some place uh, or talk about communication. I like to focus on hurts and fear. And in that I have another responsibility of how do we commute our hurts and how do we communicate our hurts and fear with one another so that we realize that that person is not trying to intentionally hurt us. And so it's being aware again, where we're at in our, with ourselves, especially in the relationship. And I, and I think you just hit on the key there that I think learning those tools of how to communicate when those landmines are being hit on that can uh, cause a lot of chaos in the, uh, a, a relationship. Um, it, it, but it's still vital that the individual take care of their own things. I mean, I can communicate to you, uh, you and I are not partners, but in this example, as um, as my as a partner here on this on the show, that uh, oh, you said this to me and it offended me. It you know it hurt my feelings so incredibly deeply, and um, and this is why. Okay, well I can communicate that, and you can have all the tools in the world, but at the end of the day, the healing that needs to occur where that pain source is is still my responsibility not yours. And, um, and, and then I, I have the question of how long does a partner need to hang on or stay with an individual that isn't doing their, with their work? And at what point is it actually a really, really healthy choice to end that relationship, um, even if the person has done or is doing their work? Um, because I do, I, you know, as you know, I do believe strongly that everything changes, everything ends and everything dies. But if it's going to do that, my goodness, isn't it, wouldn't it be better if it's in a healthier state versus an explosion and forceful ending that is full of drama and trauma that did not need to exist. Um, One of the things I, I try to teach in couples counseling is give that person the benefit of the doubt. I agree with that. Because yes. we may be in such a, a mood that our partner's not aware. And we need to be aware that if we're in a grumpy mood and they're in a happy, doesn't mean that they're going to be in a grumpy mood. 
so there was an instance where she was in a hurry. She forgot her rings, started going out the door. And he starts thinking she's pissed off because we had an argument. She's leaving the house. She doesn't have the rings on. I'm like, wait a minute. Give her the benefit of the doubt. What if she was in a hurry to get somewhere? What if she needed a timeout from you? It's not about the ring. And as we developed this, because he started getting more ticked off because of his reaction caused her to react. And now they're in this argument of state. And if we just slow it down a little bit, give her that benefit of the doubt that she was going to a hair appointment, forgot about the rings. She did come back, put the rings back on. So a lot of times, and sometimes I too, I jump to a conclusion. And it's easy to jump to a conclusion because of trauma yes. or something that's there. In fact, you're more likely, based on a traumatic history, to make assumptions that are inaccurate. And right. uh, because that does what? It creates chaos. chaos. And um, versus having that 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 idea or holding a space for mm -hmm. that this this person may be doing or thinking something else and they had their best intentions in mind um, because that is whoa that's stable and and i can't battle with stability okay i can't prove how right i am and how wrong they are if things are calm um and so just an interesting analogy, by the way, um, because I also want to I want to come back to that and just say she also has a responsibility to have a hold a space that he has best intentions in mind, even if Correct. he comes in and has this attitude over the rings because he thinks she has an attitude. It is also um, it would behoove her as well to go, you know what, um, I I bet he misunderstood what this represented and I want to hold a space for that. And so I'm going to talk to him about that or I, you know, I want to at least hear what he has to say, something along those lines, instead of coming back with a, I need to defend myself reaction. Um, but so again, folks, we're out of time as always, but Julia, <laughs> just what we just did is you presented a female perspective, I presented a male perspective, but what we just did is created a stability of helping people learning how to have stability in a chaotic world. It is possible to have stability in a relationship. Until next time, we're gonna continue this uh, discussion on attachment and we wanna get into codependency and talk about what does that look like because sometimes codependency does what? Chaos. Until next time. <laughs> sometimes, all the time. <laughs> Thanks for joining us today. We hope to have you back next week. Until then, be safe and be kind.